This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. Okay, guys, we are back. This podcast is brought to you today by Smith Game Calls. Smith Game Calls has the hands-down best calls on the market for the North American hunter. That's right. They've got calls for absolutely everything. The whitetail rut is quickly approaching. In some areas, uh, we've already seen bucks chasing does. Check out the Buck and Glory. That is Smith Game Calls Grunt Tube. It's got an adjustable O-ring to turn your buck grunt into a doe bleat as well. So check it out, guys. I think they sell it for like 29 bucks. Super affordable. Um, very, very well made, and it sounds phenomenal. We've been using this one for a couple years. They gave us a prototype a couple years ago, and this thing just sounds absolutely phenomenal. But you can buy them today on their webpage at smithgamecalls.ca. Use promo code NONTYPICAL for an extra extra discount. And, uh, yeah, we're going to head into this podcast. Enjoy. We are back, Eric. It's, uh, it's been a long time. It's been a hot minute, my friend. You know what? I, uh, it's been two months. It's pretty much been two months. We haven't done one since right before the beginning of archery season. And you know what? What did I I said? I said, we, after bear season, I said, you know what? Come hunting season. We're going to be more prepared this year or this upcoming season. Um, we aren't going to leave everyone hanging, but we left everyone hanging. Yeah. Well, you know, priority is get out in the fields, boots on the ground, right? Well, and like I mentioned to you today, we are now in what? What is it? October 14th. So it is dark now at 7 o'clock. You can hunt till, I don't know, I haven't looked at the times the last couple of days, but right around there. And, um, you know, up until two, three weeks ago, we could hunt until 9 o'clock in the evening. And to do a podcast, we need, we find we need about three hours. You know, we got to set up, record the podcast, take everything down, and so on. Um, and like, look at us today. It's, you know, it's been 40 minutes just messing around with cables. We had an issue with a cable not wanting to work on us. We got a new one. Um, but the issue is when you're in hunting season, every minute you have, you got to be in the field. And uh, and that's how our August and September went. And now we're into October. So now we can hunt till only about 7, 6 in the evening. So now we have our evenings to, uh, to record some podcasts, catch up on things. And uh, oh boy, do we have some stories to tell. Yeah, there's uh, lots, lots has happened. <laughs> We've got a two, lot two to talk about. Yeah, well, and you've got the latest. You just got back from the mountains. Did you get back yesterday or when did you get back? I got back uh, late, yeah, late Tuesday. Late Tuesday? Late Tuesday Where are we night. at today? We're at Wednesday? It's Wednesday. So yeah, late, late yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still on mountain time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so how'd it go? What, what were you going for? And Well, we're, we had an opportunity to go for, you know, four or five days, sort of a last-ditch effort at a bighorn. And uh, we got into a nice little valley, and we climbed up the mountain the first day and looked across, and lo and behold, there's 11 wolves trotting across the skyline. So, you know, naturally... Just like every other animal, the sheep are going to split. And uh, so we, you know, we hunted the, the valley as hard as we could for the next couple of days. And there's just no sign of any life. Wow. So, uh, yeah, we were just a little bit too late and we were short on time. So we did what we could. But it's always good to get out in the mountains and put some miles on. So how many wolves were there? There's 11. 11. And how far away were you guys from them? 
We're probably between like probably between like 1200 1500 yards yeah they were just across and they were looking right at us really eh? yeah so i don't we don't know like we were just coming out of tree lines so we don't know if we you know maybe spooked them out of the trees or if they were just on top and could see us climbing up but wow uh, yeah they were looking right at us and they just ignorant as they are just walked walked all the way across skyline and disappeared unreal and so you seen some sheep sign though things were looking oh, there's, good there's there's sheep sign everywhere yeah. in there and uh you know fresh stuff too we're lucky all we all we got was like uh little skiffs of snow every morning so we saw lots of fresh sign the first couple of days we were there but uh most of it had wolf tracks on top of it wow. so <laughs> that's a little disheartening it's eh? a little bad luck so this time of year the rams are chasing ewes right they're getting close to it. They're okay. sort of in the transition between like their summer range and their winter range. Okay. Depending on, you know, how much snow we get. And luckily there was no snow up there right now. We're like I said, we're just getting dusted with it in yeah. the early mornings. And uh, yeah, so they're, I think they sort of hang out, you know, while there's still feed. And then if they get any sort of pressure, they'll start transitioning to their, their winter range. And then the rut is in November. So they'll, so it's sort they'll of be getting ready like to do it. lines up with the whitetail. Yeah interesting wow right on man well you know at least you got out and enjoyed yourself checked out some new country and yeah you can't expect to come home with critters. uh with meat every time you go sheep hunting. not when you're so. sheep hunting no yeah. and you went sheep hunting in august as well for a little bit yeah we went uh for a couple of days in august and you know that's same thing there was just a million people everywhere and everywhere you looked every tree every skyline there was people and you know what and that is sort of the that's the thing with all this COVID now is one thing we've noticed with this fall. Well, we even noticed it in spring bear season with so many bear hunters, bear baiting signs, absolutely everywhere. And now, um, I wasn't expecting it this fall, but you know, everywhere you go, there's triple quadruple the amount of people there usually is. And everyone that I spoke to that went to the mountains after sheep, everyone said that they've seen. Yeah. Opening know, day was just a catastrophe. Tons of people. Yeah. I talked to a guy who, who they got on sheep they, the second day or whatever, and they watched them. They put them to bed. They went to sleep. They got up in the morning, and there's another group of hunters right beside them ready to take on these same sheep. And then what do you do, right? And so I guess... Uh, it's a literal, literal foot race. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's not, just not, not, fun, not what I'm man. into. So Yeah. And so yeah. this, when you guys just went, you didn't run into anybody? It was there just was, you guys uh, out there? No, when we were driving out, there was one, one guy on the just sort of uh, packing his horses up that was okay. on the road. And I guess he was just down the valley a little ways in there for a couple of days. He said he didn't see anything either. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it otherwise, like, very quiet compared to, you That's know, that nice. opening week. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I uh, And just Facebook, I've noticed everybody is killing stuff. And so everyone's just got a ton of time. and um, And it actually... Like, I've thought a lot about it. There's so many more people out hunting now. I wonder how much of an impact it's going to make on population numbers come next year. Yeah, that's... Uh, like, well, I would I It'd be would interesting say to know what the harvest... The, harvest, the harvest reports come out, right? reports will be close to 30 to 40% more than they were last year. That's what I'm just It's It's too at. bad that uh, the harvest reports weren't mandatory a few years earlier so that we had a little bit better numbers to compare it to this yeah. year 
right? Because they've only been mandatory now for a year. This will be the second year they're mandatory. Yeah, but they take a percentage over the previous years and have a somewhat of an idea. But I guarantee you it's going to be a big spike. It is. Right? And I think the, you know, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I'm sure that the license purchases are way up this year, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the draw entries. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We, um, yeah, and everywhere I've went, just a ton of people. Um, and at the shop here, too, we had a, a guy pop in today, and uh, he said, I've been off work for the last three months, and I'm hunting moose. And uh, he's like, my uncle came up, and he got one, and I'm just sticking around until I get a moose. And that's just what everyone's doing, right? They aren't aren't working or don't have much going on, or they don't want to go back to their job, and they're just killing things. Yep, <laughs> hunting the year away. Yeah. Where me, it's it seems like it's like it. This year's been busier than than any of them. Yeah, you know it's so uh, so it's been tough, and it's been really tough to to get back in the studio and get some podcasts down. Um, but I'm super glad that we're back at it. I was just pumped up this evening to get here. It's good to be back. Oh, Definitely. it really is, man. Yeah. And like I said, we've got so much to talk about too. You know, um, I've released. A couple, how many arrows did I release at animals so far? Two. Two arrows released at animals. Didn't kill any of them. Um, ended up getting a doe with Jackson. You were there with yeah. me. We got a, I got a bear with Amy and the kids. Um, and we can dive into those stories anytime. But, um, but yeah, so it's been an action-packed season so far. You know, hunted my ass off for moose and elk, and I just couldn't get it done. Like I said, I did release a couple arrows, but didn't get it done. Um, you hunted your butt off too for uh, for elk and, for and moose. Yeah. We and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really been tough. I've got, moose and... got nothing to show for it yet, but uh, no. Besides, you know, some stories and some fantastic footage. Yeah. So, so this is our first podcast back. Let's talk about the now. We we can talk about those stories anytime, but let's let's keep things relevant. Let's talk about what's going on now, basically. So um, where are you at now? What's your game plan going forward? We're in the very middle of October. Um, you know, moose are, you're still a good chance of getting a moose sort of right now, right? They're still on that, still running. Yeah, they're still running right now. Yeah, so, so lots of guys chasing that. moose. You know, whitetail's picking up right now. You guys got a mule deer tag. What's your game plan going forward right about now? Um, well, we got the duck and goose hunt coming up this weekend. The duck and goose hunt. And I am pumped right up for that. I yeah. cannot wait. Yeah. And I'm glad that you get to experience that too. Even though you aren't shooting, it's going to no, be a ton of fun, man. Totally fine for me. I'm, 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 I'm very excited to be, to be able to film it. Yeah. And it's so, so I'm not a, a waterfowl hunter. I never really have been, um, you know, and I consider a waterfowl hunter, the type of guy that has a full spread of decoys that can go to a field and he's going to shoot, you know, six geese or, or his limit in, in ducks in a day. I would buy a migratory bird license, and if I seen a duck while I was grouse hunting in a little pond, I'd shoot it, right? So so I, I'm not an avid waterfowl hunter. But last year, um, Joel with Alberta Bush Adventures got a hold of me, and he said, hey, Brody, I've got a free day. Do you want to come up with uh, with whoever and, and you know, pay a day rate, and, and we'll take you out? And so this is what they do all the time. They specialize in waterfowl hunts. So me, my dad, my brother went, and uh, we limited out on ducks, I got four geese in the morning. They got one each, and uh, it was just a ton of fun, nonstop action. And so I told them, I said, I'll be back. So we are heading this weekend 
Uh, my brother's coming. My dad's coming again. And then Tim with Old Smokes Coffee. We had him up this bear season. He didn't get a bear. So I said, Tim, come bird hunting. I'm pretty sure we'll get you a bird. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun, man. I can't wait. Usually what we do is we do geese in the morning. And then we'll have a bit of a lunch around 11, 12 o'clock. And then we'll get in the field for ducks in the afternoon. And because we have two days, that first day, if we don't limit out in geese in the morning, we'll go back out after geese in the evening. And then the second day, we'll do geese in the morning, duck in the afternoon, and then we'll probably be wrapped up around supper time. So, uh, yeah, cool. it'll be a ton of fun. Yeah. Have great. you done any waterfall hunts? Or? I've, uh, like you, I've shot, you know, I've shot a few geese, I've shot a few ducks, yep. but I've never done any decoys or set up any sort of migratory bird hunt at all. So I'm pretty excited to see it. Yeah, man. It, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I love the intensity of a big game hunt, whether it's a bear hunt, a deer hunt, an elk, moose. Um, they're all sort of on the same playing field for me. Deer, elk, bear, moose. I get just as excited as one as I do any of the other ones. Um, but the intensity isn't there with duck and goose hunting, but the excitement is. It's a ton of fun. Action-packed. It's action-packed. Yeah. You know, it's not like a, a deer, elk, or or moose hunt where two, three in the afternoon, you don't see anything and you're sort of down in the dumps and you're sort of frustrated and you're hoping something will come together. You're second guessing where you're hunting at. You're second guessing what you're doing where this, um, I don't know if it's just cause we're with a guide and he knows what the hell he's doing. Well, there's definitely, you that, know, that you're going to have some action. It does help. It really does. And, um, yeah, so I can't wait. It's going to be fun. It's cool. It's going to be, I'm excited for it. So that that's what's next. We've got, uh, the, our duck and goose hunt with Alberta Bush Adventures. And that is, so today we are the 14th. My calendar is still in September. Um, so that's in three it's days. 17th, 18th, I think you said. Yeah, some three days, Saturday, Sunday. So that'll be a lot of fun. And um, and then what's next? Um, well, for me, I'm just going to you know go back to focusing on elk. Uh, I, I really need some, some big, big game. I want, I need to kill a large animal this year. So I shouldn't be shocked, but I sort of am. I just went to have a sip of my coffee and then you had elk. So I just lifted my head up and looked back at you. You're still chasing elk, eh? Yeah. Whitetail just doesn't really do it for me yet. So, you know, I, I sort of whitetail is the November cause it's like the, the only thing left. Yeah. So I feel like I, that's enough time for me to chase deer. So okay. I, I, I'm going to go back for elk. Elk, eh? And then of course, you know, we got that muley tag you mentioned. And yeah. so whenever Katie can get out, we're going to be uh, chasing mule deer now. Now wow. that the leaves are off and, you know, there's a little bit better chance of seeing them move. So late season elk. Yeah, you know, I was uh, reading today on Facebook that uh, a lot of guys are still having them bugling in and oh yeah, and coming. So, and you know, they are vocal animals, so. So the I uh, the latest I've actually pursued elk was late October. So, you know, last weekend of October. And I've had them bugling like I had one bugling nonstop. Every bugle I made, he bugled right back, but just wouldn't move. Yeah. Right. Um, and they'll do that. And, and they'll even do that in November and December. Right. But it's just at that point, you just got to locate where they are and then slowly make your way in. And then when you're right in their freaking kitchen within two, 300 yards, that's when they're going to come out and, and challenge you yep. or see what's going on at the very least. Yeah, so, well, and, and the biggest thing is just getting in on them, right? Yeah. You, know, you just need an opportunity, especially when it, uh, you know, 
we'll have a rifle with us, but uh, I'll probably still be packing the bow. That was going to be my next question. So you want to get one with the bow late yeah. season? I think even, you know, I got moose coming up in November too. I think I'll be packing a bow for most of it. Really? Eh? Yeah. Wow. You're a diehard archer yeah. hunter. I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to hold on to the bow f- for tree stand hunting and blind hunting for whitetails. Yep. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get back for out for elk this year. I'm not too sure. I would love to because I would love to get an elk. But, um, man, elk take a lot of time, a lot of dedication. The thing with elk is it's not a hunt you can do in one day or two days. It's a hunt you almost got to do in, th- in three or four day increments at the very least. Yeah, to really get into them. Because I, sure. yeah, because what I found is the thing with elk, like deer, you know, there's deer everywhere. If you're just looking for a deer or even a buck, you know, you can go in any particular area and you, there's a good chance you'll find one. There'll be one living in that area where elk, because they're in herds, they may be 10 mile or maybe not 10, but they may be two miles away one direction or three miles away the other direction. So day one and two, you're just trying to locate those elk. You're just trying to locate the herd. And then, you know, day two, you might get onto them. Day three, you know, then you're onto something. So yep. you need minimum three or four days is what I found with elk. And and I've always found when I've tried to do the one and two day hunts, it just, it, it doesn't work. Well, out. it doesn't feel like enough time. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't. So, um, and so what's your plan? Are you thinking of, of going West or going where your, your property is? Um, your cabin and whatnot, or what's, what do no, you think? I, you know, we're going to be going West cause we're going to try and get after those mule deer as much as we can. Okay. And, uh, you know, just get into the, into the river valleys and, yeah. uh, you know, try and use as much open country as you can and, uh, just try and well, find Well, it's a them. great zone. Yeah. And so you're hunting five, five twenty three. Is there a mule deer type? That's where the mule deer is. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, that's a, a hell of a zone for elk. Yep. So I was 2018, actually 2018. Yeah. So I. That, that was the year I hunted elk right until the end of October. I got the bull the year before. So that year I was bound and determined I was going to get another one. And I was so frustrated in the middle of it. I ended up getting a hold of the biologist in Peace River who does the surveys. Yeah. And I called them and, and I talked about the elk and asked them like how the population's doing and, and whatnot. And I don't know how I got his info. I think we were doing work for him or one of his friends or something else. And, um, and he told me that when they did their numbers, um, there was around 2000 elk between 1700 and 2000 elk. The previous winter is what they'd estimated for that zone of 523. And he said those were very good numbers. That seems low. That seems like a low number. It does. It seem low. You think that's a big zone. Like, I, I don't know. But that's like you, and and so I had seen a herd of elk the year before in November in that zone with probably 200 elk in it. Wow. In November. Yeah. All cows. Yeah. Like there might've been some spiker bulls, but but no big bulls at that point, right? It was just too late. Um, But I'm pretty sure, man, the numbers were right around that. I think he said between 1,500 and 2,000 or 1,700 and 2,000. Um, and he was very, he said, those are great numbers. That's a zone that holds a lot of elk. Interesting. Um, and yeah, all along those river valleys are just phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal for, for all kinds of game. For all kinds of game. Everything. 
when I was doing my mule deer, because I had a mule deer tag in 523, and at one point that season, I had seen more bull moose than I had mule deer in those valleys. Yeah. I was just struggling, like mule deer bucks, I should say. Yeah. Mule deer does everywhere, um, you know, and some spiker bucks, but mature bucks to bull moose, I had seen more bull moose in the middle of the season than I had mule deer bucks. It's a, that's a high, uh, there's a lot of moose. Yeah. There's a high moose population in all. And I was told that area had the highest density of moose in all of Alberta at one point. I think it was in 2014 or something like that. Yeah. Interesting. And that was the same guy I was talking to about. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's incredible. And that's probably a combination of, you know, the amount of private land and then the amount of private land that borders the rivers, right? There's a lot of protection for them. Yeah, there is. Yeah, no, it's it's a, a really good zone, and even north is that five twenty north of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. So, um, have you guys got out to do any mule deer hunting yet? No, we haven't done no. any. Um, I've chased muley does in uh, one of the archery general oh, archery yeah, zones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was just coincidence running into them. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't we haven't got out at all yet. You know, I've been gone and. And uh, we got stuff coming up right away, so it's gonna be a couple weeks probably. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're gonna try and get out there as much as much as we can for sure. Well, and that's the thing too. When you get into your later season, um, later season, and if you're hunting mule deer, like you might just walk in on some bulls or a small herd. Well, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I like when I got my elk, I was mule deer hunting. And there they were, you know, just right place, right time. And that's what's so awesome about that zone and that area in particular, you know, within, within 50 kilometers is, you know, it's great moose hunting, great mule deer hunting, great elk hunting. And there's whitetails too. Yeah. Big bears, everything, (laughs) everything Everything. you could ask for. Everything. So yeah, no, that's good, man. Right on. I didn't hunt that that uh, zone at all this year, not once, and that's usually my go-to. The last three years, I've spent you know almost all season out there, but this year I didn't do any of it. Um, I really concentrated a lot on moose this year. Yep. The way I looked at it is, you know, I can travel three hours after elk, but hey, we've got moose right on our doorstep. So why am I like, I want a, a big animal to fill the freezer. So why am I traveling for elk? Let's just hunt moose hard here. And that's what we did. And um, so the first day out, we were in an area. Actually, let's hold off on that story. You continue on with your season because I'm rambling now. With my season. Yeah, your season. So you're, you're mule deer hunting, elk hunting, and then holding off for whitetails till the end? Uh, yeah, you know, whitetail. Well, this year we're really going to try and focus on that mule deer. So uh, I don't know how much whitetail hunting I'll get to do. Um, I usually do that, you know, on, my, on our family's property there. So, uh, you know, I'll get some blinds set up, and I already got cameras out there, and I'll just go when I can. Uh, and uh, whitetail's always on the menu, right? So you see a big one, it's always got the tag in the pocket. Yeah, so it's mule deer and elk. And then most of November is going to be focused again on moose. On moose? Yeah. You got that moose hunt. We've got, uh, you, you know. You've got a, a dandy of a season ahead of you still. I do, yeah. I feel like it's almost over, but holy smokes. Yeah. No, November is going to be a, a busy month chasing moose. We've got three moose tags in the family, so. Wow. Yeah. So Katie and I both have the same moose draw for the late season in the same area up north, and 
And then my brother has one just north of town here. Nice. So we're going to be chasing moose. And they're all that late season, so they they're all, all start November. in November. Yeah. And so at that point in the season, you can you still call them in? Yeah, it's it, I've had it work for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not coming in rutting. It's more of just, I think, like a social communication. Yeah. Um, but you're really just looking for them. You know, they're big animals. So in the cold month, they're going to be feeding, right? And they're going to be recovering okay. from the rut. Yeah. So they got to, you know, they got to feed lots. And in once the snow falls, they transition to, you know, browsing and eating alders and willows. So uh, we hunt the cut blocks and pipelines and just look for them just cover ground just cover ground yeah <clears throat> and you're gonna try and do it with the bow i'm gonna try and hold yeah. on to the bow yeah yeah well and you know what and uh, the thing with moose is they're one animal that i don't know what their eyesight isn't that great right no not that great because we've like how many moose did you stock on put stocks on this archery season was it the one just one yeah okay and i put on two yeah. Well, the second one not so much, but sort of. Like he looked right at us, and and they're definitely a, a stockable animal, especially yep. if they're in a cut block. They aren't like a white tail where, you know, it's easy and it's gone. And even an elk, right? Like an elk, they've got they've got thirty eyes looking at you before that bull even has to see you. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's definitely doable. Hey. Um. And so, do you have any? You don't have any clients coming up, obviously. We don't know what's going on. You know, there. it's they're gonna give us another update here next week. Okay. So, you know, that's sort of the last straw. Yeah. That'll be the final decision. That's frustrating. It is super Jeez. frustrating. Yeah. Unreal. But uh, what can you do, right? Yeah, it's nothing you can Everybody's do. Everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, what are you guys looking at for your moose hunt? Are you gonna go? as soon as that season opens or, or later on or what's your plan um well we'll see what's going on see what uh what the weather's doing and yeah. and uh you know i like to have a little bit of snow on the ground because then you know you got fresh sign all the time and you can really figure out where they are and get on top of them yeah and uh as far as my brother goes it's going to be whenever he's available so yeah you know i have to travel three or four hours to go hunt my draw where we only have to travel you know half an hour so you guys will camp up there uh yeah we'll have to go for a couple day stints for sure yeah just to make it worth it but uh yeah yeah back to moose yeah right on man that's good that's good yeah i was uh i was devastated i couldn't get a moose i've never had that like i've had more encounters with moose this archery season than i i think i ever have you know it's uh it was it was tough it was a, a tough, tough season. Frustrating for Frustrating, sure. Frustrating, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I let an arrow fly as well, right? Yeah. And uh, of no fault of my own. Yeah. Yeah, unreal. So. And so, um, your brother's zone—that's just north of town here. Yeah. So that's easy. Yeah. You can go on a, on a weekday or, or whatever, right? Weekend yeah. just for a little cruise. Just get out there and cover some ground and look for them. Yeah, and the snow—we haven't seen any snow at all this year. Uh, it was just barely kind of pretending to snow today here yeah really yeah well during it was over, the day yeah no uh this morning it was overcast a little bit oh so. really yeah there's a few snowflakes I was in the falling. sweatshop i didn't notice yeah <laughs> holy shit eh yeah but uh wow. yeah no we got snowed on in the mountains yeah just about every day but it wasn't too bad pretty light i wonder if it's going to be late have you looked at the long-term forecast no 
No. You know, usually right around Halloween, we get a good dump of snow. Usually. Yeah. And then it stays. So. Yeah. It's getting cold. It's been, you know, minus two, minus one the last yeah. couple nights. So. It has been good hunting weather. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of snow would be nice. It would be nice for sure. So it can hold off though until after the weekend. The waterfowl hunts nice with mild weather. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. I haven't even looked at the weather for it yet. So. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, that's my go-to next is this this waterfowl hunt. And then after that, um, I actually found another really good spot for deer just a couple days ago. And uh, just deer sign everywhere. And I, I had a camera in that area last year. And I was going through photos and there's a lot of decent bucks on it. Definitely a deer that I would arrow or shoot. Um, so I'm thinking of getting a blinded there in the next seven to 10 days and then hunting that hard in November and, and, or a few other areas as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think whitetail is, is it for me, you know, and then this waterfall hunt and it would be great to do a cat hunt. We'll have to wait and yeah, see if late that in the year. out. Yeah. That'd be cool. But, um, but yeah, you know, the, the elk and moose seem to be behind me at this point. So. Well, you're out of luck for moose now, right? Yeah. And, uh, but you never know with elk. Yeah. Yeah. If I could find some time, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll see how it goes. So, but yeah, you know, I guess, uh, but I'm pumped up for whitetail. I'm getting very excited. I love whitetail hunting. Yeah. You put a lot of work into I'm glad hunting. the days are, are a little bit shorter. It makes the hunting a little bit easier. You know, when, when you have light from, from 6 30 AM until, eight or nine o'clock at night it makes for long hard days you know up super early and you're just exhausted by 12 one o'clock and uh and when the days are longer too i find you have um more of like a, a lull time you know between like 11 or, or noon and like three where when the days are shorter it seems like you could have action any time of that day when there's less light yeah, well, and when the whitetails move into the rut and start start really moving, it's all day long. Yeah, and so I was looking at some <laughs> some trail camera photos from last year, this exact same time last year, and um, and I went through a lot the other night, and, and there's bucks chasing does. Like it is time; it's cooling down, and uh, and we're almost there, man. So. So I'm getting excited um, to spend some time in the tree stand, spend some time in a blind, and um, and hopefully get a decent buck this year. And you know what? I'm not married to to the bow. Um, I, I'm fine with, with getting some done with the rifle too. Now, if I'm in the tree stand, I know it's probably going to be a close shot, so I'll use the bow. Um, but depending on the blind situation, um, I might uh, might bust out the rifle. We'll have to see. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I like pulling a trigger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do like I do like using uh, the old open sight thirty thirty in November. Yeah, you like the that, blind. eh? It's nice. It's too much for a scope rifle out of the blind. I feel oh, okay. So I like having you know the open sights. Got to keep it within you know that seventy yards. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, you're right in their kitchen, right? So oh, for sure. It's, it's nice to be nice and close. Yeah, yeah. Well, this spot that I that I would like to set up on, I'm actually contemplating building a blind on a pallet. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, I'm like, it was like 40 kilometer winds and I wanted to set, set up a blind. And then I just came down to the point where it's just too windy to set up a blind. This thing will fucking blow away before I can get it tied down. So then I thought, why don't I build a blind on a pallet? 
like build the six wall or five walls and then you have your base just haul it in and then put the frame together out there and you're good to go yep um and then with that pallet it gives you sort of a sturdy base like one of those heavy blue ones um lifts you off the ground a little bit as well so um so i might do that i gotta find time though and i can't buy time so i'm i gotta <laughs> i gotta find some fucking time to get yeah. some shit done yeah well and and you know, like you said the days are getting shorter right so. exactly yeah so i actually I, my when i had thought of this a few days ago i'm like okay hey, thursday's the day i'm gonna get out there thursday and um and get it out but um but now thursday's tomorrow so i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> you know and i yeah. could just haul out my other blind uh, my pop-up blind but um this spot here so it's it's a clearing that's actually cleared very well you know most um most cut blocks and whatnot there's big brush piles and this there's no brush piles there's almost like they they when they cleared it they burned it down completely and it grew up really really nice and it's not huge either it's maybe maybe 300 square yards like it's maybe half a kilometer square yeah i don't even know if it's that large and the deer are just insane in this spot deer trails all throughout the whole spot um, it's grown up about three or four feet which is perfect because you can see very well the only thing is it's not flattened there it's really up and down so i wanted to elevate the blind about a foot so when you're sitting on a chair you can see the whole whole spot yeah um, and the thing with deer is what i found at least you could you could set up a blind in a brand new area and that deer is going to stare dead at that blind for maybe 15 minutes, maybe even an hour. But if that nothing moves, it's going to feel safe and come out. So if I get this thing out there, you know, this week and I, if I don't plan on hunting it till November, I should be safe. Like they're still going to move in that area. They've been doing it, you know, forever. And there's a lot of deer activity. Um, and I've even been thinking of setting up a decoy out there. I've been reading quite a bit into that and I've never used a whitetail decoy before, yeah. um, buck or doe. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I'm getting very excited about deer hunting. Very, very excited about it. And you know what? I, I've spent so much time in the tree stand the last few years that I think I want to do some blind hunting over the tree stand hunting, you know, the trees, the, even a, a short day, like, a sunrise let's say is at eight o'clock till four is still a long fucking day in a tree a long day in the tree when the wind's blowing the snow's falling it's cold it's minus 20 you know yeah. so um you know and, and the thing too with the tree standing around here is it's such dense bush that um it gets it gets frustrating and i've talked about it before how you almost go crazy in the stand after six seven eight nine hours right because all you see is that 50 yards ahead of you where um you know i think if a guy made a, a, a blind that's somewhat comfortable it doesn't have to be big like i said the size of a pallet basically five feet high and um you know a little bit warmer shelters you from the wind and uh you know you're a little more calm than when when a buck comes out and uh 
and no i'm really excited to get out i just got to get this blind set up and get it out there you got the whitetail bug so yeah man i this is the year for whitetail like for me this is going to be the freaking year i am i'm pumped right up and so i've dedicated so much time in the previous years to this one or two particular spots so much time and the reason I did that is because they were just simply the best spots I had. I didn't spend extra time to scout new areas. And this is in a totally different spot. Like I said, I had a camera not far on a, on a trail meeting this one last year. And I was looking at photos and there was just a ton of different bucks. So I am pumped up. Um, can't wait. And you know what? The cool thing is um, if I build a nice blind, I can get Amy out there. She can try and get a buck. Um, you know, and then we have our pop-up blind to go set somewhere else. And, and the nice thing about the pop-up blind is you can toss in your truck, you find a good spot, you can set it up and sit in the evening. Yep, absolutely. Right. So, um, so yeah, you know, I'm bound and determined to film a successful whitetail hunt this, this season. Um, you know, film Amy getting her first whitetail. I don't think she's ever shot a whitetail period. She's got several mule deer, does, buck. Um, but she's never got a white tail, so we're gonna get her one, and uh, and I'm bound to determine I'm gonna get a buck. So right on. Yeah, for sure. So see, I, I'm very excited for that. You know, I wish I wish I could hunt moose or elk, um, and I don't even think I'm eligible to purchase a moose tag from an outfitter because I have sure. that archery tag, right? Yeah, I don't know. So um, so yeah, I think white tails is for me. But the waterfall hunt will be fun. I'm looking forward to that. So For sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how that all works. And yeah. See it, see it done by a professional. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I um, so I picked up some duck and goose calls. And uh, I, I want to I want to learn to call and be there and, and call this year with him. So I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be good to have Tim out there, too. You know, have some laughs, kill some birds, and uh, come home with some ducks and geese. So. Drink some coffee. Drink some coffee. Drink lots of coffee. That's right. Yeah. So, and I wanted to mention, before I forget, um, we are going to be doing a great big giveaway. Probably the day this podcast is released, which will be, we'll get it out tomorrow, eh? 15th or 16th at the very latest. Um, we're going to do a huge giveaway on the day this podcast is released, so whether it's the 15th or 16th, go to our Facebook page right now if you haven't already today and check out the latest giveaway. What we've done is we've contacted all of our sponsors. They've gave us some incredible gear. They've been very, very generous. And we are doing um, a whitetail-based giveaway. So we've got Badlands gear. Um, we've got Broadheads from Black Widow Innovations. We've got um, some incredible deer calls from Smith Game Calls. Um, we have some antler obsession, several bags of that. We've got some non-typical nation gear. Um, did I say the broadheads already? Black Widow Innovations. Um, and yeah, there might be some more stuff in there as well. I know we have some spices from non-typical nation. And uh, yeah, check it out, guys. Enter the giveaway. And uh, it's going to be the biggest one we've done in a long time. So you will not want to uh, skip out on this one. I want to get that in there before I forgot. So Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything you want to touch on going forward here for the season? Or do you have any, you know, any things that you 
what's top top priority for you? Well, it's definitely you know, the moose. Moose. But the you know. And so you've hunted moose for away. several years by yourself, but just it hasn't happened. Um, you so know, you've dedicated for, a lot of time to outfitting. For myself, I haven't hunted yeah. moose very much like that. Oh, you haven't? Okay. The moose I arrowed or shot an arrow at this year was the first moose I've ever shot at. You mentioned that. So why don't we let's talk about that? Let's let's talk about that. That was the the last. Was that the last moose hunt you did? Um. Yeah, that was the last bit of moose hunting I did because okay. that was right at the end of archery season. Yeah. So you tell that story. Let's dive on into that. So, um, well, we were supposed to go mule deer hunting down south. Oh, that's right. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, um, you know that that didn't happen. So we decided to go up north and uh, try our luck at the archery general moose. And since I drew the late season tag. Um, I was only eligible to archery hunt in that zone that I drew that tag. So you could still hunt in the same zone for the general archery moose. And, uh, you know, I, once I mentioned there might be elk up there too, you, you perked right up and, and that's where we were headed north. So, uh, yeah, we chased elk for a few days and, and looked for moose. And then uh, I think it was the last day of archery season or maybe the second last day. And we finally found a moose, and he was about 100 yards out in a cut block, and I stalked into 60 yards, and, uh, you know, he's standing broadside, pulled up for a perfect perfect release, felt great, uh, thought I hammered him, and, uh, you know, he ran 20 yards and just sort of looked at me for another two minutes and then sort of trotted off, so I knew, you know, I knew something was astray. And, uh, you know, we, we looked at the footage pretty close, and, and that moose, uh, he, he actually ducked about 10, 12 inches um, upon the release of my arrow while my arrow was in flight. So I, yeah, so, and I slowed it down on the computer frame by frame, and you got those red Luminox. You can see them flying, which is great. Yeah. Um, and he dropped around 14 inches. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so... Yeah, it was, and that was that was my final morning hunting. So that was, I think I stayed there for three three days, I think three or four days. But that was the last morning, and and I was a little discouraged that morning. Like I was even contemplating just going home, right? And then so you're not, you're like, you know what? Do you want to come try out this new area with me? And I thought, you know, what? yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I followed you, and we get there, and sure enough, there's another group of guys there, and we're like, yeah. oh fuck, here we go again, right? And they turned out to be super nice guys, and uh, they were hunting for moose as well. They hadn't been out yet. They had to um, actually wait for the for the rifle. They're, yeah, they're rifle there. hunters, so they had yeah. to wait a few days. Um, but super nice. They were really good guys. So we're like, okay, well, that's a relief. That's that's good. Um, you know, at this time we aren't super early because I'd packed up all my gear and everything and you were moving camp. And so, um, I think we seen a couple of chickens right off the bat, like right where we were unloading. So I'm like, I'm going to pop these spruce grouse. So I got them and then we hop on our quads and we're going to motor back into some, some cut blocks. And these cut blocks go for, was it 25 clicks or so? Yeah. And they're big ones, huge, huge cut blocks right off the bat. Um, we seen some whitetails. You're in front of me, so we uh, and we're just on a little a little trail, and so we we pull over on the quad, see if we can get on the whitetails. We can't, and so um, we get back on, and we're we're making our way back to these cut blocks, and um, and you know we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, and I'm thinking like fuck, maybe I should just go home, and you know, and then right away you stop and you point, 
and I like rub my eyes. I'm like, is that a moose? (laughs) So I stop my quad and you're already off and I get off mine and you're getting your gear together. And, and we were probably 130 yards. We were, we were a hundred and yeah, we're 125 yards and I ranged them from the quad. Yeah. And so he was just feeding in the cup lock and then you got to 60 yeah, which I, looked super far from where I was at. It looked like you were at like 80 yards. So there was there was like a little brush pile where they uh, like what was left of the burn pile just sort of mounted up. And that was directly in between. So I, I ranged him. He was 125. I ranged the pile. It was 60. So I'm like, okay, if I can just get behind the pile, that's okay. 60 yards. And I'm comfortable shooting 60 yards. There was no wind. He was perfectly broadside. So I figured if I drop down low, I'll hide behind the pile crawl below the pile so he can't see me at all and then just pop up and shoot so did you range him at the pile i ranged him at the pile and he was 61 yards really eh? so i was like this is perfect yeah and so i stand up and he just sort of perks his ears up and tilts his head and you know not really alarmed at all and i just let a perfect what felt perfect shot you know it had to be a little high because he was standing in some tall grass yes so i aimed i aimed basically dead center from top to bottom which usually you want to aim a little bit low on the moose so you avoid hitting the hump. Um, but I, you know, aimed basically dead center of the lungs. And, uh, you know, I thought I, I thought I smacked him. And, uh, and then he ran off 20 yards and then he turned around and just sort of looked. And that's when, you know, I thought for a couple seconds, I'm like, okay, he's going to start doing the wobble. Well, you know what, man, you, your arrow went exactly where you aimed. Yep. Exactly. Cause like you said, he had grass right up to his, almost right up to the top of his shoulders. Almost. Yeah. Right. So you had aimed a little bit high, so you wouldn't hit right in the middle of everything, but it was still would have been a, a good it lethal been shot. Right in the middle of the lungs. Yeah. So we looked at it. So you stood up, and he didn't hear your bow. Those bows are silent, but he, I think he's seen. He's seen you stand up because you were crouched. Yeah. You stood up, drew back, released. So you stood up and at that point he seen you and he just slowly ducked and your arrow and it, it took a second or less than a second for your arrow to get there. And he had dropped 16 inches. So I, I watch you release filming the whole thing and I see him drop and then he runs off and I saw hair fly and you said that. And so, so I, I didn't go in. I'm like, yeah, we gotta stay here. I'm just going to continue filming. And I see you watching and he sort of runs over, makes a little bit of noise about 40 yards away by a tree. And then he runs all the way around me. Like yeah. he does a circle almost around me and um, and just barrels through the bush. So he runs all along the border of this cut block. We could see him the whole time, but obviously you don't have a, a an archery shot. If you had a rifle, you could easily do it. Um, but then he bolted up. And so at that point, I, I gave it still a little bit more time, I think three, four, five more minutes. And then I went and seen you and you're like, man, it felt good. And so I watched the footage and you see a puff, yeah, a puff, a puff of fucking hair, man. And so when I watched that video on the computer, he ducked and your arrow. So it, it, it skimmed right off his back and it actually deflected up. up. That's why we couldn't find it. That's why we couldn't find it. Yeah. So we looked for, we looked for Eric's arrow for probably 45 minutes, 45 minutes. We looked, we found, we found a little bit of hair, which I seen in the video, seen the hair puff. Um, 
we found some cut pieces of grass that the the broadhead went right through before it went over his back um, but no arrow we could not find an arrow but that's what it was it just soared right over his back and it deflected up, up. and it it must have went another 20 yards or 30 more. yards or more yeah. right that thing's going fast and hard yeah. um so yeah that was a killer man yeah. so close because that arrow went exactly where you aimed and if he if he didn't see you and if he was looking say at the other side of the cut block um that would have been a dead moose that would have been a dead moose but yeah. um yeah, no, that's just the way she goes. It's just the way she goes. And, that's and archery you know, hunting, man. thankful, I'm very thankful for the video. Oh, for sure. Because that just, uh, you know, it settles it. that We knew that we didn't draw even a drop of blood. Yeah. We actually found on one of the chunk of hair um, was the very top layer of skin. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I even said to you, I was like, this isn't even enough to taxidermy. No. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was, it was like a little scab of skin. Yeah. And it was just the very top layer. And, uh, you know, that moose, moose got away totally unscathed and that's all you can hope for when, you know, when it all falls apart Yeah, is that, uh, you know, you didn't draw any blood. And so that was right off the bat in a brand new spot that we had never seen before. And then you hunted for a few days after that and didn't see anything out there. Two more days. No, I did see, I, I did get onto another moose. Oh, did you? Yeah. I went, so I swapped, I, I hunted that area for another day. Okay. And then I headed to the river. And I hunted along the river and hoped the I river could... on the east side east of the side. zone. Yeah, where we were before that this this time. Yeah, like the day before, basically. Well, a, d- a different area, different but spot, but same river, basically. Same river. Okay. So in you know in hopes that I might get on an elk. So um, yeah, the moose just weren't calling. You know, I, the the mornings were very cold. Um, the previous two days, and you know, I tried calling, and there was just nothing. Um, so I figured, you know what, I'll go back to the river. There's always moose on the river as well. Um, and I'll just pack the bow and the rifle. And so I was calling for elk um, that last day I was there. And this yeah, because it's, it's a rifle season at this point for elk. Yeah, and yeah. still archery for moose. Archery for moose, yeah. So it was the very last day of archery season, I think. And I was calling for elk, just sitting on the river, super calm, quiet. And uh, I was starting to get some, some elk action, like in the distance. And then... Uh, you know, I'm just sitting there. I have the camera running and everything. And I look down at about a thousand yards. There's a moose comes out on the riverbank. And then he swims across this little, you know, it wasn't the river, but it was like a little drainage that was running as well, kind of yeah. around a, you know, a shallow island. Wow. And so he just swims across and I'm like, okay, well, screw the elk. I'm going to yeah. drop everything, grab the bow and just like cover, get to him. And so I actually ran. I ran the length of the island about that thousand yards i got onto his tracks i had good wind and i just followed his tracks in the sand and i came up and over the bank and as i came up over the bank i you know i'm looking down at his tracks and i just follow them up and this moose had walked right through somebody's wall tent camp what do you mean right through like, like there's a wall tent there's some lawn chairs there's some cooking stuff the moose walked right between it all what really yeah and, and there's there no one there there's the nobody camp. there i think they were in a boat because they sort of had that's just what it looked like yeah and uh so they must have been hunting down river somewhere wow and uh you know so i'm, I'm, I'm imagine like imagine getting back to camp and there's big bull tracks yeah. right through camp and it was a big bull like it was a good bull wow and uh and yeah i just so i i, I just sort of sat there quiet and just couldn't believe it 
And then, uh, you know, I cow called a couple times just to see if maybe he'd pop out. And uh, I could hear him raking a tree on the other side of the river. Wow. So he walked right through their camp, like 10 feet from all their stuff, and then just got in the river and swam across. And uh, and then that was it. That was So the other side of the river, that's the divider for the zone? Yep. Okay. So yeah. you had no, you couldn't do well, anything. Well, th- there'd point. be no way for me to even shoot that far with a bow, right? Yeah. It's like a hundred yards across. So. Wow. Yeah. It's a killer. No more action. Pretty good bull. Yeah. Good enough. Wow. Unreal. So you're going back to the same. Are you thinking of going to the river or going back to uh, to the the other side of the zone where you can hunt some cut blocks and cut lines? Or what are you thinking? Um, we'll see. I'll probably get all over the place. You know, it's the not. The river over. would be tough in November, eh? It could be depending on the weather. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, we'll see. There's moose everywhere. So. Yeah. So um, I, on the second day, we went down on that trail that went right down to the river with, it seemed to be a lot of elk sign. Did you go back down there? No, I didn't go back you down didn't? there. Okay. No, totally left that area alone. Yeah. Interesting. Was that a decent spot? Did you talk to those other guys about that um, spot in particular? Yeah, I guess those those same guys have, uh, you know, this was another guide and outfitter guy that's hunted this area for... Yeah. You know, I think he said like 15 years or wow. something. And, uh, you know, he's he was very nice about telling me that he's had all kinds of great luck in, yeah. in these different areas. And then he's actually the one that mentioned um, the spot that I ended up leaving, you know, going down to the river. Yeah. He was sort of, he sort of mentioned that. He's like, you know, you might, you might want to try this if you're looking for an elk. Hmm. And, Interesting. Uh, you know, so he was, you know, very nice guys. Yeah. Not necessarily what you'd expect. Um, no, for sure. When you come on somebody else's hunting spot, right? Yeah. Well, and that's one cool thing too is you guys got your moose tags for that zone, but again, there's still an opportunity at elk. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, all along those river systems, there's a lot of elk, and there's some big whitetails up there too. Yeah. Uh, well, I I was within geez 15 yards or closer from the biggest whitetail i've ever laid eyes on while i've been hunting period the biggest whitetail i've ever laid eyes on while i've been hunting period i was 15 yards or closer to this thing big five by five dark antlers tall frame and a heck of a buck and it was it was when i was mule deer hunting second last day of the season i'd already filled my uh, white tail tag with with jackson on a smaller buck and i was looking for a mule deer buck and um i was on a trail and i seen a flash beside me of a deer i'm like okay great i look and i've seen antlers but then i look a little closer i'm like okay now that's a white tail and this thing he was a locked on a doe there was a doe 20 yards away from him which was probably 30 yards away from me they were both just standing there and so I had enough time to put my backpack down, get my camera out of my backpack and just stand there and film him at like 15 yards. And I've shared the video before. He's in the bush looking right at me. And it was like three minutes, four minutes of this like fully mature buck that was just rut crazy, locked onto this doe and the doe wasn't going to leave for whatever reason. Um, and he, yeah, man, if I if i had a tag that would have been like a, a dandy of a buck and just well that's the way it happens perfect. though right and that's that's what they, i'm getting it's, at it's like is, they can smell the tag yeah so if pocket. you aren't crazy about 
about filling a whitetail tag early, you're going up for moose and elk or even mule deer, and there's a good opportunity you might see a whitetail too, right? So, yeah. Well, and I like that whitetail because, like you said, they're everywhere. Yeah. So if you're doing lots of traveling, lots of hunting, you kind of want to save that buck tag. Yeah. Because you might have an opportunity at a giant just and you know come what? across. We've talked about it several times. Um, we see a lot of big bucks come through the shop here. A lot. Like, you know, we've got a rack of 30, 40 antlers still from last year. And a lot of big deer. And the big, mature, big, old whitetails, um, you usually, if you're going to kill one, you're, you you got to be shithouse lucky, you know, cause you can't pattern them. So usually the guys who get these great big bucks, they've never seen them before. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of them just, are just like, Oh, I was just driving around and I, yeah, just them. covering ground or I was hunting moose or hunting elk and this giant white tail just popped out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. Um, and that's a lot of times how it happens with these big deer, because you can't, yeah, you might get them on a trail camera in August or September, but they aren't going to be there come November. That's right. They're old and smart for a reason. I've got a deer that I've been watching since 2014. In 2014, this deer was probably a 155-inch, um, three-and-a-half-year-old buck. Okay, so he's just getting into maturity. And last year, this deer was an easy, easy 180, 190 inches. And so this was last year, 2019. Okay, so he's five years older at this point. Eight years old. So this year, he'd be a nine-year-old deer. And I'm noticing this year now, he's going down. He doesn't have the time length that he did last year. Um, he has mass at the bases. He's still got, he's got even more mass at the bases, but he's really dying in length. Yeah. And so he's the deer that I see several times in August. I see him rarely now in September but you'll never ever catch him in October, November in daylight. You might catch one photo of him in the dark in November or October, but um, he just knows what to do. And this is a heavily hunted area. Um, very, very heavily hunted. Like you, if you counted the vehicles, there would be on these roads surrounding this, this patch of bush that I've caught him in several times, you know, it would be nothing to count 40 vehicles go by in a day. Nothing or more yeah. or more. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same place I picked you up from when you got stuck. <laughs> That's right. And you know what? Like we we went out to replace the batteries in that camera last week and just going out there with the kids to replace the batteries, um, we seen like six cars, like just a ton of traffic. But these old mature deer, they know what to do come the rut. They just know where to go, know what to do, know what, know what not to do. Um, so you aren't going to kill him sitting, sitting in the same stand you've seen him in August or September. You're going to kill that deer if you're going way back in the middle of the nowhere and not expecting to see him <laughs> hunting something that's right. else, right? That's, that's right. when you're going to get onto something like that. So no, that's, that's what's super exciting about, about deer hunting is they're just everywhere, right? Yep. And it could happen anywhere between, you know, August 25th and November 31st. Yeah. yeah no, you without kill a doubt. a giant whitetail. Yeah. No, I, I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited. You know, when it comes to whitetail hunting, I'm not a fan of, of just covering ground just because I haven't had great success with that. And because when it comes to deer, they're so fucking skittish yep. that I just, I don't like the fact of seeing something and he sees you. I like to be there 
and them not know you're there. Full ninja mode. And that's what's so cool about yep. moose and elk hunting is you can get in within a hundred yards of those animals and even the herd and they might not fucking know you're there. But deer, man, you, you step on a twig. They always see you. They see always you. see you, right? Yep. And so that's that is uh and that's why I love, you know, still hunting in a blind or a tree stand for deer, just because um you almost always see them before they see you and uh and no it's it's fun so i'm pumped up i can't wait for that but um but yeah so your brother got a doe this morning yeah we we actually got on some deer this morning did you go with them uh yeah no we just went for the you know the first couple minutes of daylight right across from the house there so what what was hunting start time this morning uh 7 40 that late now, eh? Jeez, yeah. I went hunting in like a week, so I don't yeah. know. No, and he, sh- we, he had, we had his, uh, so he actually, he took a crack at two, missed one, and then uh, the other one just came running out. So, you know, we, we got one. And then, same time. Uh, same time. And so we wanted to make sure that, you know, he didn't hit the first one. So we tracked it for a little while and made sure there was no blood or anything. And, and of course, it got away, so... We had the other deer loaded in the truck and and uh, and everything by about eight thirty. Wow, so, nice. nice and quick. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, man. Quick little hunt before work, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and so, did you got? What are you guys doing with that one? So I think he wants to do uh, he wants to do the ribs up while they're still fresh. Nice. So we're gonna try that. I think tomorrow night we're gonna have a, a family dinner with oh, some, right some ribs, and then I think he's going to do a a stuffed heart. For everybody to try too. Wow! And then uh, Katie and I actually made uh, a roast tonight, and and used the call fat out of the. Uh, oh, you did! How was belly. that? It was really good. Really, it was really good. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever actually tried. I've it. heard mixed reactions from that. I've no, talked really. to one guy who said it was just awful. Well, this was you know fresh and fresh, clean. Yeah. And, and uh yeah so how'd you do it what'd you do so we just took a roast we didn't take a roast off this deer we had a deer roast in the freezer so we had a thought out and then uh we just took the we took the dough home whole yeah and then uh you know i got it in the garage and and i kept all the call fat clean wow and then uh, we just wrapped the roast up in a little bit of it and then pressure cooked it and and it was fantastic wow i can imagine man that's awesome yeah, it's kind of like kind of like it's covered in butter. Like it, the the fat doesn't really melt away okay. completely. Um, I heard so it has like a waxy, a little like bit a, waxy. But uh, I don't know the way we did it. Whether it was the pressure cooker it or must have been. so, how is that? What? Is that pressure? That's not a slow cooker. No, this one's a fast. Okay. Fast pressure. Like she cooked the roast. I think she started the roast at like three thirty, and we were eating oh, by nice. like five thirty six. Oh wow! Right on. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was very, very good. So, yeah, we're going to, um, you know, I think we're just going to butcher that one up and, and fill the freezers up a little bit. and Yeah. And hopefully knock down several more this year between yeah. everybody everybody that hunts in the family. So Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and if a guy could get one or two moose, that would be something else. Yeah, I got to get a big animal this year. I've, you I know. know. The freezer situation <laughs> is not good. No, I hear you there, man. I hear you there. So, yeah, we got... Well, me and you, we went elk hunting. Um, was it last weekend or the weekend weekend before last? And um, you know, it was a spot where I had gotten on to elk earlier on in the season. Each time I went out, but we just had no luck, 
right? We covered a ton of ground. We had Jackson with us, so a five-year-old. Um, I think right in the morning, we started the morning off by walking, you know, four or five clicks. Yeah. And he fucking, he walked the whole way. Oh, yeah. Didn't complain. And no, he loves it. Um, but it was a long day, you know. We were up at, at 6 a.m. or 5.30, I think it was, and tried to get out there as early as we could. Didn't get on to any elk. I don't. I don't even think we heard any elk. No. Nothing. Um, you know, heard a little bit of moose action, but we seen a lot of deer. So we hunted our butts off, um, tried some new spots. We were on the quad, so that allowed us to get a little bit further back. And later on in the evening, we actually got to that that spot that we were at, those old cut blocks that we had to get through the muskeg to get to. Um, that seemed like a very good spot good for moose even good for elk we weren't far from a river there yep um and so we had decided what we do we were in some some fairly you know two-year-old cut blocks maybe three-year-old cut blocks and in order to get to these you had to get through some muskeg serious muskeg. some serious muskeg and there were no tracks going through it up to um up to the point where we went through it so that was a good sign and we got back there, things were looking really good, a lot of fresh sign, um, and we had two choices. We could walk these cut blocks, which were you know, a couple kilometers long, or we could go down to the valley. And because we had Jackson, it was so thick, we decided to walk the cut blocks. Didn't hear any elk, um, but we had about an hour and a half left of hunting time, and we thought, you know what, why don't we set up on one of these brush piles? I'll set up my cow decoy, do a little bit of calling, and just see if anything comes out. You know, why not? It, it, if something did come out, it would be perfect. And we had a feeling that we might see a deer. And sure enough, 40 minutes before legal hunting time ended, um, a doe came out. And so you were on a brush pile behind us facing the other direction. And then we were facing the river. Um, and yeah, doe, doe came out at uh, probably 75, 80 yards. And I was pumped right up. I'm like, here we go. It's going to happen. But then a fawn right behind her. So I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have to just watch this one for a while. And Jack's like, well, dad, why can't we shoot it? And I had to explain to him, no, we can't shoot it. There's a fawn with it. Um, but I said, you know, if another doe comes out, a, a big doe or even a buck comes out, you know, then we can, we can make it happen. So we sat there for a little bit, watched these deer. He stayed completely frozen. And it wasn't 10 minutes and another doe came out. And so I said, okay, this is it. But this doe here, the one that came out at the end there, it was locked on either us or you. Because I seen where you were. You were up top. Were you up top on that cut on that brush pile? Not till after you shot. Okay, not till after. So it might not have seen you. It might have been looking at the, the But calls. I was cow chirping. You were yeah. cow chirping. So it was very curious of what was going on. And... Um, you know, five, six, seven minutes passed. And uh, again, it's locked right on in our direction. And I told Jackson, I said, well, you know, it's 55, 60 yards away at this point. I can make a very good frontal shot and, and we can make it happen. So plug your ears. We took the shot. The deer went down. Perfect. Um, we sat for another 20 minutes just to see if a buck or anything else came out. Nothing else did. We got the deer out of there and on our way out, we heard some major crashing. Yeah. What do you think that was? It sounded larger than a deer to me. It I was pitch it was, black at this point. It was. And we were just walking out because we had already gutted your deer and everything. Yeah. I think. And then we were just going back to get we the quad. We were walking out. That's right. Yeah. 
and we were just going back to get the claws to go pick the deer up. It wasn't a bear because it sounded tall. It was, yeah. I think it was. I think it was a moose. It was an elk or a moose. Yeah, probably a moose. Yeah, had came out, yeah. and it was close. It was within well, it 80 was, yards of us. It was so the cup, the pile that I was sitting on, the brush pile that it had come out in was only about 80 yards from where I was sitting. Okay. And we were probably, you know, 30 yards from, from that road, little tree from line. From the trail that we were on. Yeah. Yeah. So we were probably only about 40 yards from it when it started crashing through the yeah. bush. Wow. And um, and it made a lot of noise. It made a lot of noise. But yeah, so we grabbed the quads. We got back out there. Got the deer loaded up. We got all of our photos. And uh, Jackson's got a slight allergy to animals. And so, poor kid, it's you know what was it probably nine nine o'clock at this point it's it's pitch black out yep. we're getting this deer loaded up you know he's been up since 6 a.m he itches his eyes and now he has an allergic reaction his eye puffs right up and so i'm like oh no well let's just keep things positive you know keep talking to him tell him everything's all right talk about the hunt and just keep keep the spirits high right yep. so and that's what we did and then we caught it out and your four-wheel drive quit working. You only had two-wheel drive. And the muskeg we came in on, well, we got buried in it again. Yeah. Pitch black with a deer, with a kid whose eyes swelled right up. It took us probably half hour, 40 minutes to winch our way and get out of this muskeg. And then we finally got to the truck around 9.45, 10 o'clock. We were all thrilled to see the trucks. Um, got loaded up. And got home. By the time we got home, both of Jackson's eyes were puffed up. They were like that for 24 hours or so. Um, but you know what? It was a story that that he uh, he's proud to tell. He told it to Amy and and his grandma. And uh, you know, nonetheless, it it was pretty freaking special. And um, and we got some meat. You know, yeah. we we got a bear a week earlier, and we kept all of the meat from that. Um, but then we got some good deer meat as well. So. Um, you know, at least we got some meat in the freezer and, you know, to have him out there and him to experience the, the whole meal deal, man, we hunted from, from first light to the very end. And it was the next day when his eyes were puffed right up. He's already asking me when we're going out again. Well, so. to see it all happen at, at 40 yards, right. And, and it's super and it'd cool. be over in seconds is, is super important. Right? Yeah. Good no. for him, especially at, at how old he is to be able to sit there and, and make it happen. Yes. And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it actually, it worked out perfect. Like you couldn't ask for a better, like they could have popped out at, at 130 yards. I think that was the farthest point in the cut block. They could have popped out there. They could have popped out to the right of us, but they popped out 70 yards right in front of us. Just perfect. And uh, those brush piles, man, those are the greatest things to set up on. I've killed, I think, four or five deer now on those. Yeah. Um, I do late season when I'm having a tough time in my tree stands. That's my go-to. That's what I do. I'll find some old cut blocks set up on those big brush piles. And uh, there's been like two two last day deers that i've got where i've just said okay getting out of the stand i'm gonna get to a cut block set up on this brush pile and just see what comes out yeah Yeah. you do that often oh yeah and especially for moose too you get into some of those big cut blocks and you just sit all day (laughs) so is that what you do set up on those well set up inside of them because you don't want to be you know you don't want to be you don't want to be giving away your position no 
But, uh, you know, you just get nice and cozy. Yeah. It's off the ground. You know, it's pretty fairly insulated. Yeah. And then if it's windy or shitty, you can sort of, you know, crawl inside a little bit and <clears throat> have some shelter. Yeah. No, you're, it's great. You're sitting there for 10 hours still or eight hours, right? So. Yeah. See, when I'm, nice. when I'm on foot, if I'm not in a sand or a blind, I will, you know, I'll plan to what my sort of go to plan is and game plan is when I'm doing spot and stock on foot hunting is figure out where I'm going to spend my morning the day before, basically. Spend your morning in, say, this cut block till 11, 12 o'clock, and then I'll sort of mosey around and figure out what my game plan will be for the evening mm-hmm. and then sit my ass there for the evening. But if I don't see anything in that cut block in the first four or five hours of the morning, I probably won't go back. I'll go to a different cut block at that point. But, um, but yeah, those brush files are just the best things to set up on. Yep. Well, and they're great vantage points too, right? Great vantage yeah, points. You, you get can up get off a the ground, little bit higher, above the alders and everything, and you got very good cover. You can set up a camera in a good spot, a good spot to rest your gun, hang your gear, and uh, no, it's uh, that just it worked out awesome, awesome, awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm getting excited for this waterfowl hunt, man. I just picked up all my uh, few cases of shells tonight, and uh, and yeah, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, how they do it, how it's done. Yeah. I'm excited to, you know, film it. Yeah. Take lots of pictures. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys knock some shit out of the sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a blast. But let's wrap her up, man. We, uh, like I said, we still have plenty of stories to tell, but we'll save those for another day. We sort of covered uh, the moose topic, at least today. We went over all that. Uh, Minus my moose stories, you know, I had some some pretty incredible encounters very early well, on like i said i released a couple arrows why don't we tell your one you moose me to dive into to, it right now one moose story to this to will be our up. moose podcast there you go we'll go over all the moose okay so um first first day of my hunting season in august i decided to not sit in the tree stand like i usually do but rather hunt elk and moose so we're hunting an area we knew there was a lot of elk but we also knew there was a lot of moose Hunted elk in the morning, got into a herd of 20 elk, had four bulls within 80 yards of me, but could not get a shot with a bow. No chance. I'd get my camera on them. I'd range them, then they'd be gone. I'd range them, get my camera on them, get ready to shoot, they'd be gone. It just didn't work out. We were in the herd for 45 minutes, burnt through my camera battery. We got out. We let them be, and then we got into a moose like three or four hours later, spotted him on a cut block. Um, he was about 200 yards and I got to what I thought was 60 yards, but was actually about 35 yards. I was a lot closer than I thought I was. I was 15 yards from a cow. The cow almost charged me. If you guys follow us on Instagram, you might've actually seen the photo with me, with my bow in the air. The cow was damn near right beside me in the bulls along the tree line. Well, I thought he was a lot further than what he was released an arrow, went right over his back. So that was day one, super frustrating. I wasn't planning on releasing an arrow to moose that day. My goal was elk. Um, So I think when I went into that one, I wasn't, it just, it seemed like a gimme to me. It seemed like, oh great, here's a moose. Let's go try it. Not, I'm gonna go get this moose. This is my chance. This was more just, you know, I didn't take it serious enough is what I thought. I was at the point where, we were walking our way into this cup block, hiding behind, you know, some of these brush piles. But then I had to cover, 
I had to cover 50 yards to get to about 60 just in the wide open cut block. So I said, let's just, I'm just going to fucking walk right through it. That's what I did. I pretty much walked right up to him and um, didn't range him. I ranged him further back. Guess what I was at and went right over his back. About a week later, I was with you or I was by myself setting up deer stands and cameras and um, my quad broke down, battery stone dead. I phone you, you get out about 45 minutes left of hunting time. I say, hey, let's go for a quick hunt. We'll go for a walk. We might see a moose, might see a deer. Uh, we walked probably a kilometer and we had about 25 minutes of hunting time left. The sun had gone down at this point. So it was, if we seen anything, we had to make it happen. And you said, well, we can just sit down and let's let out some calls. Like, let's just see what happens. There's just a ton of moose sign. A fresh ton of moose sign. And it was dead silent. Was no perfect. wind. Nothing. First cool evening. September like seventh. I think it was 7th? September seventh. Yeah. So still early, right, for calling. But you let out a couple of grunts and we hear a grunt. We hear a paddle hit we the tree. We hear a paddle hit the tree. And I'm and I look at you and you look at me. And I'm thinking in my head, like, is this really fucking happening? And then we hear the grunt. And then I whistled at you. To and come. then you whistled at me because I was around the corner from you at this point. And then so I, I, I come to you and then we get set up. And this bull, it wasn't five minutes. And this bull was, you know, 40 yards. And we see him come through the come through the tree line. And then, and then he walks out in front of us. He was probably at 20 yards. But there's a, a big patch of willows in front of him. And so I draw right back i'm at full draw i'm expecting him to come forward and he stands there for like a minute and i'm at full draw and i'm so close to him we're at like 20 yards i thought i was at 30 again i i uh, thought i was smarter in the fucking rangefinder. i was using my 30 pin and um i was gonna let down but then he steps forward and i shoot and i don't know what happened still to this day i don't know what happened yeah. i have no freaking clue um so i released the arrow that bull, it looks like he ducks, and then he just bolts, runs away. So we're like, okay. He either, I thought he ducked the arrow, but at that close, I'm like, there's no way he can duck the arrow. We looked until it was pitch black, went the next day, no blood, no arrow, looked at the video footage from where the camera was. You couldn't tell where that arrow hit. You just tell that it was... You know, yeah, you, we couldn't tell where the you impact tell was. That, it was that high he ducked or and dropped. he ducked. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but we don't know what happened. So super frustrating. Like we looked for six hours the next day just for a drop of blood, something, a, an arrow. You know, we couldn't find anything, nothing, nothing. at all. Went nothing. back the following day, tried to see birds. There was nothing there. So this bull was alive and well. Um, and and still to this day, I don't know what happened there. And that's haunted me for a while because that was that bull was right there, man. He, was, he read the script right there. And, and then from that day going forward, I'm like, okay, man, it's it's moose for me until the 23rd. I, I'm going to get a moose and hunted my ass off and just couldn't make it happen. You know, the first two encounters, they were just they were given to me. Here you go, Brody. Here's a moose in the cup block. Go get it. And I. I thought I was smarter in the rangefinder, and I shot over the bull. Second time, again, I don't know what the fuck happened. My nerves got the best of me. I was using my 30 pin, should have used my 20, and uh, and blew it, right? So just super, super frustrating. And um, 
and the elk have just been so tough this year for me at least i i just i haven't had all the time to spend on them um but uh yeah it's just been tough so that's why i'm, I'm really looking forward to the whitetail hunting um you know it's 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 a different hunt there's an abundance of them and the thing with whitetail if you put in the time you're going to have not only a lot of deer action but there's a good chance you're going to get a, a mature deer so absolutely so I'm pumped up, but yeah, guys, it was a, it was a tough season for moose for myself. Eric still has, um, you know, the, the majority of your season ahead of you. Yeah. I still have that late season. That, that late season. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, a lot of season ahead of us. We will be doing another podcast. Um, what do you say we do on this weekend? Oh, we should definitely, we be should doing definitely. So we're going to, we're going to try and release a podcast within four or five days of this one being released. And uh, we're going to try and do as many as we can now that the evenings um, and the days are a little bit shorter. Gives us a bit more time. Um, but remember, guys, go to our Facebook page. Enter that giveaway. This is one of the biggest giveaways we've ever done. A ton of great gear. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop rambling. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Good to be back.